Hey, this is Nate Dancer with Purity for Life. In today's episode, we're going to give you another key lesson on the road to freedom. Keep your guard up. The devil really uses lies and deceptions to make his victims think he's harmless, right? He builds maybe some trust or a relationship in something before he really brings out the actual motives behind what he's trying to do, which is to like seek, kill, and destroy. As long as we are living in this world, we are going to have to fight. As A.W. Tozer said, this world is not a playground, it is a battleground. But if we will stay close to the captain of our faith, the victorious Jesus, he will give us the strength to win our battles. I might feel like I'm being overrun with whatever attack, whether it's outward or inward or whatever the deal is, but the Lord has allowed this to happen and he thinks, <laughs> he knows that I can make it through this somehow. Even though I don't feel that way, he is faithful and there's always a way of escape. Thanks for joining us again on Purity for Life. Here we go. All right, so Luke Imperato is back with me in the studio. Luke is the director of our residential program here at Pure Life. Luke, thanks for coming in. Pleasure to be here, Nate. All right, so um, this episode is part of our series, Key Lessons on the Road to Freedom, mm -hmm. and we're going to talk today about a topic that is very, very important when you're thinking about living the Christian life, and we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's... It's really clear, at least when you read the scriptures, it's very clear that the world is like a war zone between sure. the forces of good, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and the forces of darkness. Why do you think that reality, that this world is a spiritual war zone, why is that so important? for Christians to keep like at the forefront of their mind as they're walking the road to freedom? Sure, that that really is a good question because it really sets up our mindset and how we view things. A good example that I think about is while there were many contributing factors to why America lost that battle at Pearl Harbor, right, I would say one of the biggest factors was we were not expecting an attack from the Japanese army in that way. Had we had been expecting and prepared for the military to come in like that, we would have had our planes up, we would have gotten, uh, probably come into an assault with them miles away from Pearl Harbor. But because we weren't prepared for it, they had such a victory. And a similar experience really happened in 9-11. You know, the American people were not thinking that way. We weren't thinking on like super high security, especially in like airports and airplanes. And so the terrorists were able to hijack those planes with relative ease. If they were to try to do that again today, I don't think it would work because or they couldn't do it exactly the same way because we're, we're guarded now and we, we have a lot more security in place and we kind of are looking for things. Okay. And so, you know, Paul told the Corinthians that we are not ignorant of the enemy's schemes. But today, I kind of sometimes wonder if that's true for most Americans, because really the way when I, when I see how a lot of the church functions, it's as if we're not at war. And 1 Peter 5.8, let me just read this first because it's so applicable. Okay. Peter told the believers in his day to be sober 
and to be alert. For your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I don't know if that's how like a lot of Christians enter their day. Like, okay, I'm entering into a war zone. There's an enemy out there who's prowling around trying to conquer me and defeat me. And I think because of that, many Christians become deceived and even taken advantage of by the devil, caught off guard, so to speak, because they weren't living a lifestyle like they're in a war zone. And, you know, Solomon is also really good at this in Proverbs when he gives instructions, and he talks about how the wise person sees danger ahead of him and prepares, but the foolish person kind of plows through in his own arrogance and self-righteousness, and he falls quickly. Mm. So it is really very important to see that this world is a war zone, and you need to be prepared for that. It's a very dangerous place. You know, it's, I feel like I feel like a, like I'm a young you know father telling us just you know it's very dangerous out there you know mm. but it's true mm. and some of us just need to wake up and be a little more sober to the reality of the world we're living in. Mm. Yeah, I, like one in, one um, illustration that came to mind as you were talking is I've I've talked to different couples who have either shared testimonies on Purity for Life, Mm -hmm. or they know they're going to minister at an event or a conference, and they've told me before, like, the week before, they just, they expect things to happen, or Mm -hmm. even maybe if they forget, it's like something will happen and they're just, they're angry, they're they're contentious, there's there's strife in the home, and it's like after just a little bit of time, they're like, oh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. What is it that we're about to do? Exactly. Okay, so we know what's going on. Yes. This is not between us. This mm-hmm. is this is an attack. Yeah. Whereas if you're not on guard, if if you're not prepared or if you're not aware of the schemes, mm-hmm. all you see is the is your wife, all you see is your boss, all you see is the circumstance and you're just like yeah, you're kind of immobilized in a sense. Mm-hmm in that spiritual battle because yeah. you're not seeing what's going on. Yes, and, and just sometimes a little preparation goes a long way when it comes to this. If you know that you're going to be in a particularly worldly environment or a, in an atmosphere that you know could be a temptation for you, or it has been in the past, mm-hmm. you know that's coming up. Prepare in advance for it, mm. you know? Or sometimes we know what our shortcomings are, we know what our temptations are, and we just kind of want to ignore it and think, well, you know, it's not going to happen this time. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to go watch this movie and not get into lust, or I'm going to be able to have a couple drinks and be okay, you know? And it's just like, okay, <laughs> you're not really planning ahead here. You're not thinking ahead. You're yeah. not being wise and seeing yeah. the danger in it, that the enemy is out to get you, and he's going to use any one of these tactics to get at you. Okay. Yeah, so... What are some of the, I don't know, what are some of the most common ways you think that Satan and the forces of darkness attack Christians? Now, I'm not talking about just run-of-the-mill. I'm talking about people who are really walking in a right way, and they're they're seeking the Lord, they're going after Him. Mm-hmm. What are some of the common ways you see, like, Satan try to attack sure. a believer in, who's who's going in the right direction? 
Yeah, that that's a really good question because we have to really view it the way Scripture describes it. And Jesus said that Satan will disguise himself like an angel of light. Okay, so and that's important to remember because I think sometimes we go along in our our day and we're like, or our life, and we're like, we're just waiting for this big, dark, angry, like devil temptation to come at us, and then we'll recognize it, and you know, we'll defeat it, and not, you know, I'm not going to go that way. That's obviously wrong, but that's not how the devil is going to approach or even attack, especially someone like you're describing, who's walking this out, who's living in victory, he's not going to be able to sell him a package like that. You know, the devil really uses lies and deceptions to make his victims think he's harmless, right? He builds maybe some trust or a relationship in something before he really brings out the actual motives behind what he's trying to do, which is to, like, seek, kill, and destroy. Mm. For example, a sales pitch that the devil would not try to use would be something like, hey, would you like to lose your job, your life savings, your wife and three kids and never see them again for the next 15 years as you're serving, like, time in jail as a registered sex offender? (laughs) You know, like... Right. The believer's like, (laughs) no, (laughs) that's an easy one to resist. Nice try. Now... um, (laughs) When I was thinking about it, I was like, hey, call now. We'll double your sentence, you know? (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Like, that's ridiculous. No one's going to buy that. But he'll start off more subtle, like, hey, would you like to try this social media app? You know, it's a good way you can keep in contact with your family and friends. Yeah, there might be some temptations on there, but it's not a big deal. It really shouldn't be an issue for you. Besides, you know, everyone's clothed. So it's not pornography or anything like that. And, you know, it's not really lust. You're just looking, you know, and and then you buy into that. But it's really behind that is where he's trying a subtle attempt. That's an attack from the devil to get you off track and a path. It comes in as an angel of light. It comes in as something that seems harmless. And so those are the things we have to be careful for, really the seductions and the lies and the deceit. Those are some of the most common attacks that I see coming from Satan, especially Mm. in the life of of a believer. Mm. Yeah, I think we could talk about some other ones, too, that would be really helpful. One that I was thinking of when you were talking was how often the enemy uses something that's true Mm -hmm. about a person to get us into a critical or bitter or resentful spirit, right? So, like, you might have a spouse, you might have a boss, Mm -hmm. you might have a friend, and the enemy is very... He'll show you the truth about people's faults. Hmm. Oh, they did this. And see how they keep doing that. And then he starts to twist their motives, you know, and suggest things about why a person might do something like that. And just encourage you Mm -hmm. to get into a bitter spirit or a resentful spirit or a critical spirit or a self-righteous spirit, you know. And that truth is kind of like... I mean, on the more, on the very, very subtle side, it could come across as you're just being very discerning about people, right? But his, oof, he's got a way of divide, he's trying to divide. Yes, certainly. And that definitely could be true in a marriage, too. I'm seeing with my wife, right? Where it's like you could see something 
And the devil can twist that around to be like, why would she do something like that? She knows that's something that really crosses my will. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it's because she's just being selfish. Or, yeah, she's just not in the right spirit. You know, she's wrong. You know, and all these sorts of things. And and then it's just, like, not true at all. Mm. You know, it turns out, no, well, the reason she was doing that is actually because she loved you and she was trying to protect something or, you know— yeah, we could get so twisted and deceived by the devil, and we just need to be careful. It's the same thing like it's a war zone out there, and know that the devil is trying to destroy things, destroy friendships, destroy marriages, destroy families, destroy your life, all right, and all these deceptions. He's going to bring in to try to do that. Mm. Um, and it's not just deceptions. You know, the devil can use physical attacks as well. I think we have to kind of really talk about that a little bit because when I look at the life of Job, mm-hmm. right, God said, now God gave permission to Satan to tempt Job, but Satan's goal in all of that was to get Job to, you know, reject God, like his wife would said, um, curse God and die, right? So that was the Satan, that was Satan's goal in there. You know, he's, he's not going to follow you, you know, if you give him this, if you allow me to give him this physical illness, he's going to just reject you. And so we see how Satan can use physical illnesses to actually, uh, as another form of a temptation, to get us to reject God. Yeah. We have to be on guard for that as well. Yeah. Yeah, and another one that I think we could talk about that is really common around here with some of the staff, you know, is like strong accusations about your past. I was going (laughs) to... Right? I was going to say that. Yeah, false accusations, really. Mm. Right, because mm-hmm. it is—they're strong, they're heavy, they're constantly coming at you, but they're false accusations. They're not true, you know. And I think the devil really uses that because it's like deep, it like gets behind, like maybe even it really gets like behind the outward facade. Because maybe he's accusing you of things that nobody else knows. It's like this is like secret, dark things of my past, and like, man, why do? You, why do you got to accuse me of that? Like, I'm ashamed of it myself, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, but it's just false accusations, and they can really weaken a believer who doesn't really understand the blood of Jesus, the cleansing power, and even one that is walking in victory. It's just sometimes can be so oppressive and constant and regular, and it's just like, man, yeah. that it is just an attack from the devil. It's not real. He's the accuser of the brethren, right? That's what Revelation says. Yeah, yeah, and... Um, I know one guy in particular that I've talked to a lot. It's just like he's just things that he has already repented of or confessed. It's like, nope, that's not forgiven. Or yeah, it's just if you've experienced it, you know exactly what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? Where yeah. it's just like mentally, you know, okay, no, I have repented of this, but it's just this oppressive yeah. weight, yeah. and the enemy is just trying to wear us down, weigh us down, keep us from being a mm-hmm. blessing to other people, get us completely yeah. focused on ourselves. I mean, the attacks are are yeah. relentless at yeah. times. I guess one thing I was just thinking to remember in any conflict like this, so whenever we have all these different attacks, one thing to remember with these conflicts is that Jesus is Lord and the devil is limited in his power and authority. And any attack that comes our way, if it's mental, physical, temptations, things like that, they have been approved by God. Mm. And that's important to remember because 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right? God is faithful. 
He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able. But with every temptation will give us that way of escape so we're able to bear and not fall to it. So it's just helpful to remember that, okay, I might feel like I'm being overrun with whatever attack, whether it's outward or inward or whatever the deal is, but the Lord has allowed this to happen, and he thinks, (laughs) he knows that I can make it through this somehow, even though I don't feel that way. God's faithful. He didn't set me up for failure here. He really set me up actually to strengthen my faith, to strengthen my trust in him, and maybe get at some sort of pride or self-righteousness that he's trying to work out. But he is faithful, and there's always a way of escape. Yeah, that is really good. So, okay, we're in war, and thankfully, God has not left us defenseless, and he hasn't left us without weapons Mm -hmm. to use in this warfare. So what does Scripture teach us about what we have at our disposal for this battle? Well, right off the bat, the verse comes to mind, 2 Corinthians, again, 10 three through four, which says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, right? Our weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So we do have to remember that we're not going to be able to fight this war and attacks from the devil with our own physical strength or even some willpower willpower, or some sort of self-effort, approaching it like that's just not going to work. But one of the most powerful tools that I think the Lord gives us in this fight is the Word of God. Now, we know the Word of God is powerful, like more powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. Piercing right to the heart of the matter, telling us why we do Like the Word of God is just super powerful. And remember, Jesus himself used the Word of God when he was under attack, if we want to say, right? He experienced three temptations from the devil, and each time he answered with, it is written, it is written, it is written. Hmm. And we have to be grounded in the Word of God, knowing that it's a very powerful force against the attacks of Satan, really. Because human strength is not very powerful (laughs) in the spiritual realm. Hmm. We have to kind of remember that. Almost every single time that man encountered a supernatural being, he like lands on his face. Okay. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's right. In our own strength, we're really no match for the kingdom of darkness. Now, people like to quote the verse, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. And that's true, but the beginning of that verse says, submit yourself to God, right? If you submit yourself to God, then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. But if you're going to successfully resist the devil, you have to start by humbly submitting to God and really the Word of God then. That's where it comes down to. And even Paul in his own battles, right? He said, I I can't do this in my own strength. He's actually came to the conclusion that I find more power in weakness than in my own strength. And so I boast all the more about my weakness so that the Lord can be strong through me. And The devil will use our pride and selfishness to gain victory in our lives. And really, the kingdom of God is built on lowliness, humility, and mercy, right? And so if we humbly... James is such an awesome book for spiritual warfare, because Mm -hmm. if we humbly receive the word of God, it's able to save our souls. Yeah, and I think 
in the Word of God, too, it also shows us some things that are very powerful mm-hmm. in spiritual warfare, you know? And it's not it's not just like, okay, so I'm going through attack, so I just read my Bible. It's like the Word of God is giving you the kind of truth that breaks the power of the lies, or yes. it's giving you the kind of heart attitudes or the kind of mindsets that that protect you against the schemes of the enemy. Like mm-hmm. I was thinking this morning about a story in the Old Testament. I can't remember which king it was, but there's this huge army coming against one of the kings of, of Judah, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I mean, it's, it's over. This attack is sure. so strong. This army is so huge. There mm-hmm. is no way. And God basically says to the king, you're not going to have to lift a finger, mm-hmm. but I do want you to send out the musicians yeah. and the Levites ahead of the army. Mm-hmm. And so he does it. And the the story says that when the Levites and the musicians started to praise the Lord for his, he's good and his mm-hmm. mercies are forever, the opposing army started attacking each other and killing one another. Yeah, it drove them into confusion. Yeah, you know? totally, right? Yeah. So it's like... In that story, we find out that praise mm-hmm. is a weapon. Yes. Yeah. And we should use that weapon. Yes. Right. Especially so, in your quiet times. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's like we need to read the word because the word tells us the truth. And if if Satan is coming against us with lies and with deceptions, mm-hmm. then the word of God like cuts through that. I mean. Man, like you said, how many times has pride just made us so vulnerable to the devil? Whereas when you read God's word and you find out, oh, the way through to victory is a humble self. Yeah. It's like, man, that's a powerful weapon. The the word of God, praise and worship. And another one I would throw in there is living in the light. Mm. If you're struggling and no one else knows about it, you're probably not going to find much victory in that. Mm. So that's a really important tool as well because darkness cannot conquer the light, right? First John even says that there is no darkness in God at all. And so mm. we need to learn to walk in that light so that darkness has to flee. It's not like darkness can conquer light. It doesn't work that way. Light conquers darkness and it flees. So if, if we're hiding and living in like unconfessed sin or hidden struggles, we're just not going to find victory. Mm. And just bringing something into the light is a very powerful tool. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think that that some people, if they, you know, if they get a real sight of the spiritual battle that we're in, you can get very fearful. <laughs> you can get really discouraged or overwhelmed, and it's like, well, man, if mm-hmm. if the power of darkness is that strong, and if every day is a battle, and if I'm just if, if the enemy is constantly trying to figure out how he can weasel his way into my life and destroy me, and if I'm vulnerable, you know what I mean. What does Scripture say to people who, yeah, they just, it's very hard for them to have that, that confidence in the face of mm-hmm. this kind of life? Sure. One thing that I think we have to remember whenever we are in spiritual warfare is that the battle is the Lord's. All right, so our victory is found in the Lord. 
He's the one who's going to give us that victory. He's our strength. He's our sustainer. He's the one who provides for us in the battle. He's our shepherd who leads us and guides us. He's like our rock and our shield. And so when we are feeling overrun or discouraged, oftentimes I've found in my own life, that's when maybe I've taken my eyes off of God and who he is, and this is his battle, and now I've placed it more on myself and being like, I'm tired, and maybe I had a bad thought, or maybe I had a lustful dream, and, you know, I'm just a failure, and maybe those accusations, you know, are coming in, and I'm just, yeah, you know what, I haven't changed, and I'm just a loser, and I'm just never going to, and it's just like, wait a minute, this isn't your fight. Don't try to fight the enemy in your own strength. I mean, it's like I keep coming back to it, but humility is so important, and like, and if you're discouraged, it's probably because you're just focused on yourself, honestly, because God doesn't fail, right? So if you're discouraged, go back to the praise, go back to the Word of God, all right? What about those things, those tools that'll get you out of that discouragement? Mm. If you approach spiritual warfare like you're a big shot... <laughs> yeah, that's the other side of it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just not going to work. Mm. You're going to feel discouraged because it's like, all right, God, thanks. I got it from here, you know, and off you go and down you go, you know. <laughs> and it's just, that's going to, that, man, I thought I had the Lord on my side. Well, no, you were kind of doing that all in your own strength. Mm. So to me, a spiritual victory really begins with humility. I think it was um, Dave Leopold from the Faith Homes who said that the three Steps to victory are humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself, mm-hmm. all right? And I find that anytime I'm getting discouraged and just like maybe battle-weary, it's because I've just taken my eyes off of Jesus, I'm not mm-hmm. saying like I've you know went apostate and lost my salvation, but it's like I've just taken my eyes off of Jesus for a moment and I need to repent of that and and look back on him. Peter, when he was walking on water, the same thing, right? He's following Jesus, following Jesus. He's doing something miraculous, walking on water. But then he takes his eyes off of Jesus for a moment, looks at the wind and the waves, gets nervous, gets into his fear, like we probably all would if we were in that situation. Mm -hmm. Starts to sink, but quickly, very quickly, he gets back and says, Jesus, help me. And the Lord's right there. And and, and he walks back on water, (laughs) back to the boat. All right, that's that's all it is. It's when we're discouraged and we're sinking, it's because we're just we've gotten our eyes off of Jesus for a little bit, and maybe probably onto ourselves, and we're focusing on how I could do it or what I need to do. And it's just just humble yourself. Remember, the battle's the Lord's. He's the one who's going to get you the victory. He's the one who has the supplies and everything you need for victory. So just return to the Lord, and He'll help you through it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a situation where this was probably at the beginning of of 2023 where, you know, I'd been in, been at Pure Life for like 14 years or something, and I was just exhausted, you Mm -hmm. know? And I thought to myself, man, you know, something like, I really need a touch from the Lord because I cannot do this, you know, on my own. And just having a track record with the Lord, knowing that every time I've come to him, at the end of myself, he's always given me what I need, you know? Yeah. And so it's just having a, I don't know, it was maybe a couple week period where I just would sit with him and just say, I i know you're going to strengthen me. I know you're going to help me. I know you're going to sustain me. And he always does. But 
you know, earlier in my life, I think I would definitely have fit into the category you did, where it's like you're just all you can see is your own weakness, your own mm -hmm. failure, the battle, the strength of the enemy yeah. or whatever. And yeah, you're just so discouraged. But fixing your eyes on Jesus is exact. <laughs> fixing your eyes on Jesus is so crucial in spiritual warfare. Is there any... We're going to wrap up here. Is there anything else that you would share just from your own battles? Well, one thing is... I mean, there's, there's so many little things, and I was trying to think about what are some of the, the main points or the key things, and simple obedience is something that I found to be helpful. Just simple obedience. You don't have to figure it out or understand it, but just be simple. For me, it's like I need to get up in the morning. I need to have my quiet time. I need to have time where I'm in prayer. I need to have time where I'm studying the Word. Okay, I need to get into the needs of others. Right? I need to also have a grateful heart. Right? Mm. If I could just do the basics as opposed to like, all right, Lord, today I want to conquer the world, and today I'm going to, you know, do this big, mighty thing for your kingdom. Sometimes maybe you, you feel motivated like that, and great. Right. <laughs> but oftentimes it's just, what's the simple thing I could do right now? Because that's really how I found that the Lord has conquered my heart, is little by little. And I think it's in Deuteronomy 6 and 7, 6, 7, 8, that whole passage there where he's giving instructions and on the Israelites on how to get out of Egypt. And uh, he told them, you know, I'm going to give you this land little by little. And he mm. kind of in, and challenged them, encouraged them. He said, don't give up. Just keep fighting. Just keep fighting. And little by little, you're going to start to see victory. So that would be huge for me. It's like, don't give up. <laughs> don't give up. You know, this a passage in Hebrews is what really encourages me many times when I'm feeling like I'm discouraged or I just don't or I want to give up. And it's helpful to think that you're not in it for that battle. You're in it for the long haul. All right. right. There's a war for your soul that you're looking to win here. And it's not you're not just looking to win one specific battle. So you have need of endurance and that's where Hebrews 10, 36 to 39 comes into play here where the author says you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, there's that obedience in there, right, which requires some humility for sure, you may receive the promise. For yet in a little while, we have to kind of put things into perspective because sometimes we feel like, man, this is just going to be forever. It's like, <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> for in a little while, he who is coming will come and he's not going to tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And then he like encourages them and says basically, but you are not of those who draw back. Don't do it. <laughs> like don't take a step back. In Ephesians, when he's talking about, you know, when you're fighting these battles, you've done everything you can to stand. Just stand there. Sometimes that's that simple obedience. Just do what the Lord is asking you to do. You might feel like you're getting overrun, like you're getting attacked. Just stand there. Don't move. Don't draw back. That's the thing you don't want to do is go backwards. Even if you're not necessarily moving forward or it doesn't seem like you are, just stand there. And those who do that, who believe to the end, right? But to those who believe, to the saving of the soul. And that's where you're going to find that the Lord's going to come in and really bring that deliverance for you. And one other thing that I would say as well is pursue 
your enemies until they are defeated. That's it. it. It's not a single battle. It's a lifestyle. It's a it's a war for your soul. Pursue the enemy and walk in this type of determination and vigilance until your enemy is defeated. And the Lord can one day say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, amen. Um, for those who are a little bit newer to the podcast, we have several other series that I think hit on some of the the warfare things that we've talked about. So we've got um, a whole series on humbling yourself. We've got a whole series on getting into the needs of others, the the victory series. So for those who are newer to the podcast, they can look in the archives and there's a lot of, I think, topics that would be really beneficial for this, that are related to this topic. So Luke, thanks for coming in. Uh, Thank you, Nate. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org. Ministries.org.